Welcome everybody. It's just really exciting for me to be here and exciting to be able to share this word with you. Um, it's been just bubbling up inside me. And uh, October has been a special month for us here at Lyft, really been special. Um, in some ways, it's been really, really special just naturally, because at the age of 50, I understood for the first time that what it means when they say, um, you know, it'll only occur once in a blue moon, because the reality was that yesterday we had a blue moon, which meant that I found out as I was Googling it with my wife, that a blue moon meant that we will be actually having two moons in the same month. So we started the month off with the moon and we ended the month off in the moon. So once in a blue moon, we're back at Lyft doing the services live. Um, and just as we've also had something special happen in that sense, just as this month has been very special for us here at Lyft, um, we started this, this month off in October with Piet sharing this, this theme of who would cut in on our race. And we were looking at how that specifically would refer to us as we, as we journey with the Lord. And we explored further into what, how we could hold on daily onto the promises of God. We just spent this amazing time together as a church, really just focusing in on what it means to discern God's promises, to own God's promises, and to live God's promises. And for me, um, I can just say with such sense of confidence that um, the promises that God is giving me is something that I can hold on to that have gone deep, that are secure in my heart. And what it means for me, really, which is such a wonderful thing, is no matter what the circumstances are, as they have changed, I can stand firm on the promises that God has given me. Such a blessing. And so I thought, as Piet started this theme off in the beginning of October, on the first blue moon, <laughs> he started with a, a theme of, of sharing a story about his journey and what he enjoyed with, with being an athlete uh, in his track and field days. I thought I'm going to end this blue moon season with my own story of my athleticness that I had. Now, I was never a 100-meter sprinter at all. My race was the 800 meters. I loved the whole concept of the 800 meters. I, I loved the preseason in the late summer when we used to get together and that, that whole sense of your body just not being ready for this. And as you're thinking of, how am I ever going to be ready for the track and field season as one gets together and you start seeing your body being conditioned and as a team you start gearing yourself towards that. And where, where I grew up, uh, what we would used to do is we would meet in, in the summer months of school on, on two, evenings of, two afternoons of the week and you'd actually be practicing together. But on the alternate days, early in the morning, 6.30, we'd meet at school and then we'd either have a run together We'd work on a specific aspect of our, of our conditioning, and then we'd go to school. And so that first part of the school term in the summer was all about, you know, doing schoolwork, but being part of this athletics team. And I, I just loved the whole sense of in the week preparing, conditioning myself, and then on the Friday evening we'd get together with all different schools, at whatever the municipality is, and on the municipal grounds we would have a track and field event. And usually the parents would be there in the evening. The rest of the schools would be there to cheer you on. And, and I just loved being part of the 800 meters. That was my race. I loved the way you needed to strategize, the way you'd have to work on going around the track almost twice, um, and the whole sense of when to do what, and, and work towards understanding where to be on that last bend, 
just as you come into the straight and then give it everything you got to actually take it. That was me, 800 meters. But uh, two things. There was always two or three guys from some of the other schools that were better than me. Uh, and, and, and sadly, the two guys that were really, really better than me were from the old school that Piet was at, at Hichenerte Science. <laughs> I ran from with the English school with nice tartan track shoes. They ran barefoot, and they always beat me. <laughs> so those, those were the kind of thoughts that I had. But, but, but the real story that I wanted to kind of use an, an analogy for the race that we're running as Christians is that sometimes I'm prepared, I'm conditioned for this race, but due to somebody being injured, the coach would say, Ken, this evening, I don't want you just to do the 800, I want you to do the 1,500 as well. And I can honestly say, whenever I had to run that race, I always felt that either I'm running too slow, the guys are running too slow, or that if I go too fast, I'm going to burn out. And inevitably, always, when I ran the 1,500, there'd be a point where I knew that usually in the 800, now I needed to kick in and take on that last straight and then just power away to the end. And I'd get to a place where my mind was saying, all right, this is it. But my source was just not there. And I'd hit this brick wall. And, and with that analogy, I really felt as I was preparing the word for the Sunday that the Lord was saying, we need to really make sure that we don't disconnect or don't get out of sync with a source as we face the challenges that we're not prepared for, as we face the challenges that we're not trained for. And I felt the Lord is saying specifically to us that we are going through challenges that aren't going to challenge our strengths and our abilities, but we're going to be challenged to really see where is our source. And so I've entitled the message this Sunday, Be Connected to the Source and Bear Good Fruit. That is the theme that I've used that I'd like to share with this morning. And for that, of course, I've also picked a specific passage. And I want to just say up front that this passage is, is it's a strong word. And I'm, I'm trusting that the Lord would speak to us all as we hear this word. It comes from Jeremiah chapter 17. Uh, it's from verse 5 to verse 8. I'm going to be reading the first two verses. And I want to allow the word to just speak to us as I read this. This is God's word. It says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in their mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an inhabitable salty land. Friends, verse 5 says, if we fix this picture in our mind, it says that if you rely on your fellow man, if you rely on human strength, you are cursed. The word in, he the word in Hebrew means arua, which literally means bitterly cursed. It means that something is forced towards, you're forced towards an evil end. We all look at the world around us and the things that we're facing right in this day. And it's in turmoil. The world is in turmoil, friends. Across all the different nations that we're dealing with, if we look at just the natural world we're dealing with. I was SMSing a friend in, in the Philippines this morning. They've just been hit by a huge typhoon. The world is in turmoil. The world is naturally decaying and bent and, and, and in death. It is a fallen world. Because sin has entered into the world through Adam and Eve. Pain entered the world. 
hurt entered the world. Hopelessness entered the world. And people are being left to their own devices. It is naturally broken and it's bent towards evil. And to top that up, we are told in God's word that not only is the world broken, but the ruler of this world, of this dominion, this dominion of darkness, the God of this world, it's a strong word used, is Satan. Let me back that up with the scriptures. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4. This is what the word of the Lord says. It says, Satan, who is the God, little, little God, of this world, was, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message and about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Friends, all of us, all of us were born into this broken, natural world, born into this kingdom of darkness. But for those of us who have believed that Jesus is the Son of God, that has died and has been risen and has risen for us, we have been delivered, we've been transferred out of this kingdom of darkness, and we are new creations. Yes, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. And this is the hope that we have. This is the hope that we have. I've used one, there's beautiful scriptures, I'm just using one, and that's in one, and it's in Colossians 1 verse 13, and it reads, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. What Jeremiah is saying in that one, in the first two verses, is that we who do not trust in the Lord and rely on our fellow man and our human abilities, our human strength, strengths are cursed. We are left to our own devices and what it means for you, for those people, is that they're destined to die. It's a strong word. He goes on to qualify this in the later part of the verse, if we can go back to, to, um, to, the, to the second verse. He says that their hearts have turned away from God, the end of verse 6. And they have no hope and a future in verse 8. Just as I said, and I was reflecting on this, and this word has been speaking to me, and I'm thinking of the things that I'm seeing in this life around us, in the environment, in the circumstances that we are facing. The truth of us is, friends, if we do not trust the Lord, we are, are destined to have really a terrible time of it. It's really not a good deal if you're putting all your trust and hope in some human instead of something that God only can fix. It's really not a good deal for you if you're trusting some government for some peace. It's really not a good deal for you and me if we're saying to one another that we're waiting for this pandemic to, to, to end before we really trust the Lord with all our heart and lean, on our, and, and, and lean not on, on our own thinking. This is the truth of what this word is saying to us. We are cursed friends if we trust and hope only in ourselves and our fellow man. This picture then moves into verse seven, um, into, verse, uh, into verse six, where he uses this metaphor to describe to us what those people are like. And I want you just to see this picture as I describe it. He says, they are like stunted shrubs. 
in the desert, in a parched, desert, dry, salty pan. They're not just shrubs, friends. They're stunted shrubs. Stunted shrubs. When I, when I saw this image and I reflected on this image, as I've been preparing the word, I was thinking, and I think all of us in this time can just think of the conversations we've had with people in the last week and in the weeks that followed, where people were sharing how their confidence, how they were putting all their energy and everything that they have and trusting and working out how they're going to deal with the things that they're working through. And as I was in some of those conversations, I felt the Lord to show me, not with human eyes, but with the eyes as He shares it to us in the Word of God. This is, this is what you're seeing. You're seeing them as stunted shrubs, brittle, dry, with no hope, with no future. And it broke me just thinking of those moments and just realizing the urgency that we have to let people understand the revelation that you and I have experienced. Um, just the sense of, of, of really just, for me, I, I just wrote things down with saying, I wish they would wake up out of their hopelessness, realizing for myself, friends, that I was like those people. I was living like that in that old life. But I've had this revelation, as I've just shared, that Christ is in us. And, and it's just, 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 just drawn me closer to say, Lord, Help me somehow, so as we share these moments with these people, help us somehow to, to give them a sense of the good news, of the gospel. Help us to be the gospel in these moments. Because this is what it's really, just, that's, this is where we're at really, friends. And the image of just seeing them in the sense that God, God has shown, shows us to in His Word really comes through for me. There's, this, there's an incredible passage where Paul writes this down, where he, he describes this specifically to us, exactly the way we're experiencing when we experience people who we know that don't know the hope that we have in Christ. This is found in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. And allow me to read this. It says, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. That life of being a stunted shrub. He died for everyone so that we he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them and then hear this word so we have stopped elevating evaluating others from a human point of view with human eyes at one point, we thought Christ merely from a human point of view. How different we know Him now. Friends, when you hear this word and when you see that word, it should just spur you on to think of ways of the people you love and care for who are involved in your lives, who are trusting in their human strengths, whose source is completely not connected to how they're going to solve things. Just to reach out to them and to show them the love of God in a real way. So verse 5 and 6 kind of encapsulates what we shouldn't be doing. And of course, Jeremiah, as God shares with him prophetically in verses 7 and 8, he's going to share the opposite. And of course, we want to associate with the opposite. We want to be, we want to be drawn to the opposite. That's the side that we want to be on. So get ready for this word. It's, it, is, it is amazing. So verse 7, it says, 
But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Friends, one could just skip over this verse and just read it and just move on. But, but when I read this verse, you know what got to me? Look what he says. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made, have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Sometimes we downplay the part that we actually have to play. We downplay it. But the Lord really spoke to me about this and, and said, Ken, you need to make a decision. You need to have, make a decision, even although the circumstances around you doesn't look right. You need to make a decision and say, Lord, I want you to be my hope and my confidence. What, what does that mean practical? And, and, I, and I wrestled with that. To just, I just wanted to show you my heart on how, this, how real this is for me in the world that I'm living in, in the things I'm doing, in the way I'm interacting with this world. And, 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 and it's something like this, that, you know, there's these moments when you're with the Lord and you say, Lord, and this, it, this, it is just dark. This hour is dark. And Lord, I, it's hard for me to see what you're really doing in this thing. I'm hurting, Lord. Um, it, there's moments where, you, where you're saying, Lord, I, I don't know where this is going to lead me to. But in the same breath, I know that I've, I've read this word, Lord. And you say I shouldn't, I shouldn't hold on to this with my own strength. But in this month, Lord, you've been sharing with me personally that I have to have my confidence and my hope in you. I must trust your word, Lord. I must spend time with you and allow you to speak to me with the promises that are mine. And so, Lord, all I know is that I can look back in how many times that you've helped me, how many times you've come through for me as I've just seen you time and time again, that all I can do is just give you highest praise and say, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. And I look back on that and I'm seeking you to give me hope through your word through the confidence I have in your word. That's practically how I see myself, how I do it. And yes, it's so easy for me to just say, okay, let me do this in my own strength with my ability. But I know that I don't want to take the wheel because I know when I get to that last bend, I'm going to have nothing to end with. And, and, and that's really the message that I had as I, as, I was, as I was sharing this. Of course, he goes on to share this amazing metaphoric picture of what those people are like who trust and hope and have their confidence in the Lord. And I want to read it for you first. And um, this is what the word says. It says, they are like trees planted along the river with roots that reach deep in the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried about long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. When I read this verse, and as I've been reflecting on it two weeks ago, uh, Christine and I were able to spend three nights in the Black Forest before Germany was quarantining Switzerland, and Switzerland was quarantining everything. Um, and Christine and I were alone in the Black Forest. And there was this one picture that Christine took, which I'm going to ask Renus if he can just show it, please. And this picture, I was just reminded of this picture. And as I was, as I was looking at that picture, which, which you'd see on this side of me, um, I'm going to read this verse again, and I want you to allow your source, the Holy Spirit, as the word is shared, let the Lord speak to you about this, this picture that you see, and, and I will just reflect on it. They are like trees planted along the river's bank, with roots that reach deep 
into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried about long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Friends, you see this picture and I'm going to make a statement. And the statement is this. Your season will always expose your source. In this picture, you see beautiful birch, uh, birch trees with all their regalia of the autumn columns, with the oranges and the yellows. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture. And in contrast, you see the green pine trees. Both these trees are built differently. Both these trees, when winter comes, their source is exposed. For the beech trees, its leaves turn yellow, orange, and die. They focus its source in the center of its core because there's not enough source to go around to the extremities of the branches. As the winter comes in, as the season changes, there's not enough source to go around to the ends of the trees. In contrast, you have the pine tree that has enough source to have green leaves, whether it's winter, whether it's summer, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, whether it's drought. I want to tell you, friends, that the Lord is saying to you that He wants to be your source so that you can have green leaves. I want to share with you that no matter what it means, no matter what the challenges are that we're facing, that in these testing times, the Lord wants to be your source because you are built differently. You are not built like the beech tree, that you don't have enough source when the season changes. I'm going to make this statement. We are built differently. The same spirit that lives inside of you is Christ Jesus who died and lives for you and me. Friends, you are built differently. Own these promises. He has plans for you. He has a hope for you, a future, not to harm you. You are built differently. Friends, there's enough source in you to be able to be the fruit and, 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 and shine for Jesus for all those dry, stunted little shrubs. You are built differently. The last image I want to share is the third image also found at the end of that verse. It's uh, the last two sentences and verse 8. It says, their leaves stay green and they will not stop producing fruit. They will not stop producing fruit. The statement I want to make there is that the fruit always exposes the roots. And this is also a strong word for all of us in this building. Well, there's not many of us in the building, but for all of you that are out there. That, friends, it's one thing to say that we have Christ in us, but it's a different thing when you look at what your fruit really is. Your source will expose your fruits. Let me take you to the scripture. Peter shared this during the week, in the weeks before. It's in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. This is what the Lord says. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It's the source that produces the fruit. It's not you and your own strength. 
And what are those beautiful fruits? They're joy, they're peace, they're patience, they're kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then this wonderful statement at the end of the verse, there is no law against these things. Nothing, nothing, nothing. As I reflected on that in my own life, I know that I always want to end strong. I, I might not end first, but I really want to always end strong. But as I was allowing this word to minister to me, I felt the Lord very clearly say to me, Ken, for this season that we're in, He wants to produce in us, in us, a fruit that we'll be able to share in other seasons to come. It's an inward fruit that the Lord is wanting to produce in us. That's what He wants to produce in us in this season, in this part of the race. So when you find yourself in this situation and, and, and reflecting on this word today and into the week, I want you to be able to say to the Lord, Lord, I want to produce more fruit. Father, can I produce more fruit? I want to produce more joy, more peace. Lord, I want to produce more self-control. I want to produce more fruit, Lord, for you in this race. So that whatever happens, whatever topsy-turvy situation that is faced, Lord, I can have this fruit from you for those little shrubs that are stunted and brittle that are trying to survive on their own strength. But it requires an attitude to produce fruit like that. Peter shared it during the week. It requires an attitude, friends. And that attitude means, it's a statement I've made, that to bear good fruit requires focus and an intention. What intention is that? We need to humble ourselves, friends. We need to humble ourselves and serve. To produce fruits, it means we need to be able in a space of where we find ourselves, not thinking of somebody else's scenario, not worried about the fact that we're not in getting the glamour and the glory. Where the Lord places us today in the problem, in the situation, we need to ask the Lord daily, Father, help me to serve you, to glorify you, in, in whatever way you put before me. Lord, the moments that you face us in this season, in the moments that you put before me, Lord, show me how to glorify you and serve you and humble myself, lower myself into the situations that you could work so that you can produce the fruit within me. It requires an attitude. It could, requires an intention within us. The word describes it so beautifully in, two, in, in Philippians chapter 2. Verses 3 and 4, you hear what the Lord, how he describes it for us so clearly. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And what was the attitude that Christ Jesus had? Go to Matthew chapter 20, verses 28, and it says this. For even the Son of Man came not to serve, but to serve others, to give his life as a ransom for many. That is the attitude that we should have, to serve with intention, with humility, allow ourselves to bear good fruit. Drawing from the source, we have to be intentional. And we will be surprised. I really wanted to share this as I look back on this month at what we've just been shared. And, and uh, 
And it has given me such a heart for, for wanting to know, Lord, you're doing something in us as a church. And in this space, Father, I'm so aware that for all of us, it is so easy for us to take hold of the wheel, to use our own abilities and, 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 and disconnect from our source. And so, friends, just, just in summary, the message that I really just want to just lay out there for everyone, please don't be disconnected from your source. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Read the word. Spend time with the Lord. Trust him to show you and own those promises that he gives you. The word that he gives you to encourage you in the situation. And then live it out. Live it out daily. And the image that I've had and that I hopefully I've shared with all my heart about these stunted shrubs in the parched and desert, dry, salty land. I hope that image never leaves you as you engage with conversations with people that you love, brilliant people, people that have got minds that blow you away, that are holding it all together with everything that they have. See them the way the Lord, not through human eyes, and ask the Lord to give you the courage that you can be the gospel for them, that they can see that Jesus lives, and that they would see the revelation that you and I have. And next time you go walking in the forest, I've realized everywhere in the world there's pine trees. Next time you see a pine tree, remember that your season always exposes your source. You should know this, friends, and know this with all your heart. That God has put within you enough source that you can be green all the time. Praise Him for that. Just declare that with all your heart. That no matter the circumstances, the Christ in me has enabled me to have enough source to handle whatever the world throws at me. Because he rules. I'm no longer bound by the curse of this world. You are a new creation. When you see those green pine trees, remember that. Your season will always expose your source. And then also that uh, we are built differently. You and I are built so that we could have enough source to bless many. And we are built differently. I just love that. I've owned that. When I see those trees that are just losing their leaves, I'm just owning it for myself, that I know that I'm built differently. I don't have to look inside myself and just persevere. And I'm built that the source of God can just work in me. In, and I cannot just be the problem, but I can be the problem solver. And then finally, just that our fruit exposes our roots. I want you to be excited about the fact that if you allow the Holy Spirit, God, will you come and do something in me with an attitude of serving and humbling being there for people so that we can be surprised. We can truly be surprised. I just thank the Lord for this word and I'd like to pray for us now. Um, and as I pray, I, I want you just to not think about the people that are around you. I want you to just allow the word as the Lord has just shared it with you. In all the things that you're facing in these moments, in these days, allow him to come and speak to you right now. And I want to just pray for each of us in this moment. And Father, I ask, Lord, as we know that we are facing things that are, that are dark, 
that it's unclear, Lord, for us to see how. In a week that so much is going to happen within the world, Lord, we want to declare with our hearts and with our mouths in this moment that we place our hope in you, our hope and our confidence in you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I speak for those people as well that, that are listening to this message and don't know you, Father. Lord, that I know that as you speak this, as I speak this word, that the Holy Spirit is convicting them, that they sense and they know that they're cursed. That they're living with an intent of trying to carry everything in their own strength. Lord, I ask in this moment, Lord, I ask in this moment that they would come and surrender their lives to you. Lord, that they would experience you in this moment and realize that I can't anymore. I want you, Lord, to take control. I ask, Lord, that in this moment that they would come to that place where they would experience you in such a real way. But, Lord, it requires of them to surrender their hearts to you. And, Lord, we have this prayer that we have that we share as, as, a, as a church in these moments. And I ask, Lord, that in these moments as I, as I pray this prayer, that those people that are hearing this message right now, they would respond. And it's, and it's, it's from your heart. You need, to, you need to confess it with your mouth. So pray it out loud. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and there's nothing that I can do to save myself. Lord, I confess completely with complete helplessness that you that to, to forgive my own sin and to work my way into heaven. I, I, I ask you, Lord, at this moment that I trust you, Jesus Christ alone, as the one who bore my sin when he died and rose and I ask that you give, forgive my sins right now. I believe, as the Bible says, that you rose from the dead. And on the third day, I, I can have that relationship with you and inherit eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord. We're going to keep that, that, that prayer on as, as I end the service. And I ask, Lord, that you would just work in the hearts of people as they read and they, as they confess that with their mouths. Friends, as a church, I pray that in this week, you will testify of the things that God is doing through your fruit. I ask, Lord, that you will have revelationary moments that we share with one another as the Lord has put us into situations that we could really be the hope and the joy and the peace and the self-control for so many. I just pray that with all my heart, Lord, that you would use this now in Jesus' name. Amen.